Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Why they keep calling you a cult? Why they keep calling you a warlock? Or why they say that your church is in error? Uh, I'm going to give you six reasons. I have a lot more, but I'm going to give you six. Okay, now watch this. Number one is this. Wrong marketing of your ministry. Number one, wrong marketing. The issue is this, that your viewers are still people. Let me say it again. Your viewers and your spectators, you forgot that they're still people. And first impressions leave lasting impressions. The scripture references Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And what's crazy is it was their answer. He said, well, many say you're John the Baptist. How are you going to confuse Jesus with John? Others say you are, you're Jeremiah. How in the world are you going to confuse uh, Jesus with Jeremiah? Did you catch it? Okay. And then Jesus said, who do you say? Who do you guys say that I am? And, and Matthew 16, 16, 16, 15 says, uh, you're the Christ, the son of the living, uh, the son of the living God. Okay. Now watch this. Listen, your introduction your introductionary video or introductionary presentation with people. If you're majoring on minors, they're going to make a first impression of you. And that first impression will be the lasting impression. So if you are promoting uh, a service where... The devil or the Lord was moving in a crazy way. You're excited about the video and you're like, man, the Lord done used mud and put it in someone's eye and the Lord healed people. Well, I'm here to tell you, if people have never seen that and you emphasize heavy on that, 
um, and it's something that they've never saw before, or something that they're accustomed to seeing, or something that might be way too radical for them, or the way you present yourself within that video, which means, watch this, if you're too rough in the video, and, and, and someone recorded only one minute of that 15 minute deliverance, that one minute you was assertive, but the rest of the 14 minutes you were displaying the love of Christ. Watch this. And if you don't regulate the and become the uh, uh, and control the creative content of what's being released when you're ministering, people are going to see that one video, that one minute video and say, man, brother, so and so is rough. Like, man, he off. Like, what the heck is that? Or you end up on the Larry Reed show, you know, on some of these uh, platforms because of a soundbite. Or watch this, you release the wrong portion of the preaching, the teaching, and the video without literally saying to yourself, if I release this, what would be the end, what would be the consequence of? If I share this, how would this be interpreted? You know what? Did you catch it? That is why, watch this, watch this. In my deliverance videos, I blur out faces. I blur them out so much you can't tell who it is. Right? Why? Because if I just release it, you're going to get some people that are going to look at that. They're not going to see that the person got delivered. They're going to say, you're using someone's weaknesses to further your own ministry. You just like anybody else. Like, let me give you an example. And I'm not name dropping, but I'm going to use this as an example. Uh, one of my colleagues, deliverance minister, Barb Larson. Now, he's cast out, I think, more demons than anybody that, I, that we know. You want to know why he's not on the deliverance circuits? Because of his videos. People see the videos and go, what the heck is that? Not inviting you. And that's what happens. They get, the preacher gets blacklisted. God is using them, but they get blacklisted based on not being, uh, not, uh, being conscious about the marketing. Guys, listen, 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 apostle. Be careful what you're sharing. Because you could be sharing like, yo, look at this, look at that. And folks are taking it as you a cult. That you're just a cult. Because they're not used to that. They're not used to that level of revelation. You tossing out revelation bombs. And they're like, oh, we ain't never heard of that. And immediately they're going to say, uh, you, something's off there. And if that becomes the consistent thing that you do, you're majoring in the minors in marketing, then they're going to blacklist you. And for some people, you will be there forever. Number one is wrong marketing, Matthew chapter 16. Okay, number two. Number two is this. Uh, an oratory presentation that lacks explanation. Let me say that again. I know I said a bunch of big words in one sentence. Oratory presentation. Oratory. Oratory presentation that lacks explanation. Isaiah 28 verse 10 says line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. What happens is you're sharing these revelations that God gave you and you're not taking time to break that revelation down 
line upon line. So your hearers, you're, 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 you're preaching to, you, you, you keep thinking you're preaching to your core crowd who know what you mean. Everybody who watches you doesn't know what you mean. When I say kingdom, the average Christian thinks of kingdom, Jesus, kingdom. We're all in the kingdom. That's not what I mean, and that's not what a, a, a real Christianity kingdom, when we say kingdom, we're talking about the influence of a king dominating over a territory, influencing that territory with his mind, purposes, and pursuits, and making the territory an extension of their will, purposes, and pursuits, which means heaven on earth in a territory, a reflection. It's not the same as evangelical kingdom. It's not the same. So when you say kingdom, kingdom, and you're preaching kingdom, they're thinking Jesus, the kingdom of God. No, I'm meaning the kingdom. Did you catch? I'm talking about the kingdom. See? So, it, so when you're teaching and you're sharing your revelation that is profound. Like, let me give you an example. If I was to say right now, you know what I'm saying? Look at that. If I was to say Satan is a water-breathing dragon, not a fire one, by default, folks are going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? And if I just keep going, you can forget about the rest of this video because all they're going to be thinking about is water-breathing dragon? Huh? Wow, this dude is off. Well... Revelation chapter 12 says the dragon spewed water out of his mouth to try to kill the church through water, not through fire, because fire is reserved for heaven's second cataclysmic thing that's coming. Did you, did you catch that? So the issue is this, Pastor, is... An apostle and revelator is when you're breaking down these terms like shift and glory and atmospheres, baby, you gotta break that stuff down. You you gotta break it down. Why? Because you're assuming that everyone is you that's listening to you. They don't know what you mean by that. The most they can say is, let me give you an example. When you start saying shift and glory, immediately they're gonna think uh NAR. Uh-oh, be careful, the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation. NAR, be careful, and guess what happens? Ding, 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 ding. The alarm goes off, and you don't mean uh, the NAR as far as the doctrinal uh, viewpoint and school of thought of the New Apostolic Reformation. You're talking kingdom revelations. But if you don't take what your statements and thoroughly break those things down scripturally, Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, your hearer is already formulating a theological wall and they're building a case against you right here, even though they're quiet in their chat room. Listen, when you're going to toss out Revelation, apostle, you're going to have to break this down because these folk, they, they're baby Christians. It shouldn't be, but they're baby Christians. So you got to break that stuff. I know it's tiring. I know it's like, oh, I got to break this stuff down. Yes, you got to break it down. Because the last thing you want is some zealous, sincere person calling you, saying you got error on you. 
And they're going to do it because they're going to take it as it's my right as a Christian to expose false teacher. And, and you get some zealous ones that will say you're false based on something that you just failed to break down. So lack of oratory presentation that lacks explanation will produce people calling you cult. Number three is this. Your presentation lacks disclaimers. Acts chapter 21, verses 23. Your presentation in your ministry is lacking disclaimers. Let me tell you something. You have to share. When you're going to say a statement, I know, I know it's frustrating. You have to throw out disclaimers at the end of everything that you say because you will get your reader thinking that either you don't know this other thing or they will feel like they have to save your readers because they don't know that you already know that. Now, how do I do this? Acts chapter 21 says that Paul the apostle was told by the church in Jerusalem, you need to shave your head and join these four men in this vow just to prove to people that you are not against the law of Moses. And look what was Paul's response. Paul was like, I don't have to do that, man. And they said, we know you don't have to, but you must. And they said this to us, do it for us. This is what they said to him. The leader said to him, Paul, do it for us. And he said, why? You can go read this. Paul said, why? And they said this. They said, because after you leave, we're going to be the ones that have to clean up this mess. So do me a favor, Paul. You're already on a fast. Convert your fast to a vow. Go to the temple with these four men who've been fasting in our church. And when you go in with them, the Sanhedrin are going to see you. And when they confront you, you shave your head to the ending of the vow. You join these men, and when they criticize you, you say that, that you're not against the law of Moses, that you're in a vow with these men. And you will save yourself the trouble and save us the trouble. Did you catch what I just said? Of having to clean up your mess. Listen to me, those of you that are watching. That's your issue. You don't throw out disclaimers. You just be apostle. The average Christian don't even like using titles and you're going to throw your title and burden them with the title. Just the fact that you even say you're an apostle, they're already anti you. They can't even do it. They, they could, I'm going to tell you how bad it gets. You could be surrounded by everybody who calls you apostle and they'll just say, hey, brother. And you can hear it in their voice like the Holy Spirit is telling them to say apostle, acknowledge their office and they won't do it. They won't do it because they'll go, hey, brother. How you doing, Frank? Just calling you by your first name. Want to know why? Because of their own personal convictions of whatever it is. And you over here talking about, you know, burdening them with your title or whatever the case may be. Okay, now watch this. Now watch this. Let me give you an example of how this works. I meet people. And when they meet me, they have a preconceived idea based on these videos. Okay? Amen. I'm game with that. And when they, when they talk to me, 
You know what I do sometimes? I'll say, hey, you can call me Alex. You can call me Alex. It's good. Without them even bringing it up. Because while they're talking to you, there's this weird dynamic going on in their mind of how, how do I, how do I, uh, and some people are bold. They'll just tell you, how do you want me to call you? What? Like, as soon as you meet them, how do you want me to call you? Call me when everybody else is calling me. They can't do it. For whatever theological teaching they have in their head. Okay, now watch this. So sometimes when I meet people, I'll be like, hey, man, God bless you, man. Good to meet you, man. And they'll be like, man, I watch your videos and stuff like that. And I immediately go into a disclaimer. I'll say, hey, man, listen, just call me Alex. Just call me Alex. I am actually doing it so that they can lower their wall because upon introduction, they're already struggling on how, what title should they call you? So I'm doing it for them. I'll be like, baby, listen, just call me Alex. I, I love Jesus. And sometimes I will even throw in there, I don't care about titles. The truth is, I really don't. But I say it. So that way that can shoot down that I'm title hungry. You miss what I just said, apostle. Some people will assume that you're title hungry. They don't even know you. So sometimes you got to tell them before they bring it up. Say, hey, man, my name is Alex. I don't care about that title stuff. I just love Jesus. I'm saying that for you, not for me. Did you catch it? And what you fail to do is you're going to do what Paul didn't do. Paul said, all right. He shaved his head. He shaved his head and he went into the fast. And guess what he did? You read this in your Bible, Acts chapter 20 done. It was all for a show. Let me tell you something. Don't get caught up with Paul did that for the heart from the heart. Paul did Acts chapter 21 for a show. It was all a show. They actually told him just do this for a show. So that, they, that way they can think that you're not against the law of Moses and shut them up. And Paul said, all right. So Paul had to go and do it. Shaved everything. Guess what? He even told Timothy, shave your head as well. The whole group did it. And, and then here you are not doing it. Baby, listen to me, apostle. Listen to me, bishop. Your presentation lacks disclaimers. You're going to have to throw the disclaimer out. Number, number four is this. This is what I'm saying. You lack validation. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. Look what it says. Paul said, right, watch this, right before he said that he had to rebuke Peter. You read this. The rebuking of Peter was all the way in the end. Before he got to that statement, you know what Paul did? He cited his sources. He said, yeah, I went, read the chapter. In the beginning, he said, I went to Jerusalem to be with the apostles who were before me. And I sat with James. He started name dropping. He started saying, I sat with this leader of this denomination. I sat with this head apostle of this movement. He began to cite some names and begin to write what they said about him. And it said that they said that I would be the apostle to the Gentiles. And then once he cited these sources, he went right into rebuking Peter and said, and Peter was to blame. It looked like he had been wanting to say that Peter was to blame, but he knew he could not touch the man of God without citing 
his sources of validation. And that's where you messed up. Where you mess up, apostle and preacher. We don't know who are your friends that also have weight. We don't know who that is. Right now, it looks like you're a loner. You're by yourself. Well, if you by yourself, we've been taught that loners are rogues. And rogues get rejected. Once you start allowing the people to see that you're friends with people and you are part of a community and people know you and people respect you, guess what happens? They won't say you're a cult because now they have to question so-and-so pastor that they look up to that is your friend that validates you. Did you catch it? And let me tell you how it, this thing works. That's why every time somebody that's a big name prophesied to me, I recorded it and I put it on my Facebook. I recorded it, put it on my Facebook. Not for me, but for, so people, did you, and what happens is you, you going at stuff, you blasting Jezebels, you sharing uh, expository revelation that is the next dimension of stuff, crazy radical revelation, and yet we don't even know who you hang out with. People don't know where did you learn from? Who are the people that hold you accountable? Who are the people that uh, validate you? Who gives you the right hand of fellowship? Did you catch it? And that's what happens. Most people just start, they just start sharing. They start sharing. They start sharing and we don't know if nobody knows who you hang out with, they're gonna call you a cult. Cause cult people, Hang out with nobody. They do their own thing. Number five is this. Listen to me. You lack defending yourself. <laughs> Acts chapter 23 talks about Paul being confronted by the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees and they were arguing about his arrival and watch this and the Bible says that Paul perceived that half of the group were Pharisees and you know what Paul did he defended himself he said my brothers he turned away from the Sadducees he turned to the Pharisees he said my brethren I'm a Pharisee and he went on this whole breakdown of defending himself. He started defending himself. And guess what happened? He won over the Pharisees. And once the Sadducees started attacking him, the Pharisees turned to the Sadducees and said, Hey, hey, you need to back off. He said, Hey, brethren, I am like you. I believe in the hope of the resurrection. So why is it far-fetched that I preach that a man named Jesus resurrected from the dead? I am like you. He defended himself. Apostle, you want to know why they call you cult leader? Because you walk away on that. I'm going to let God handle it. I'm going to let God handle it. Guess what? God ain't handling it. You got to handle it with God's help. That's why 10 years later, your church, your ministry is considered a full-blown cult, even though it's not. But to the whole Christendom, 
It is considered a cult. Cult so much that when your church come around, other churches kind of freeze up and it gets weird. And it's like, ah, oh, they're here. They are here. You want to know why? Because you fail, pastor and leader. Lack of defense. Number five is you fail to defend yourself and to defend your ministry and what God is doing. And because of that, because of that, you get some 26-year-old YouTube theologian zealot who has no accountability with their pastor. They pastor have no idea that they're YouTube theologian. They're going to blast you calling, calling dignitaries false. Again, you get some, some, young, some young dude that's just, that's on that, you know, I, I need God. I, I'm trying to go to, I ain't trying to go to hell for nobody. Blasting you. And you just sit there and just go, I'm going to walk away. Paul said, Paul said, let me, def as a matter of fact, they try to get Paul to not defend himself and release him. He said, no, 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 no. Remember that? They said, we release you, Paul. He said, no, 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 no. Y'all brought me all the way over here. Y'all done wrecked everything that I'm doing. And you going to kick me out? I'm not leaving. I am a Jew. I understand Titus and these guys. I'm a Jew. And I am of the commonwealth of Israel. You're going to listen to me. And he starts going in defending himself. When they didn't listen after that, he pulled on a higher source and said, I appeal to Caesar. Pastor, you got to defend yourself, man. Lack of defending yourself will cause the general consensus to build a case against you. And they try you in court. They execute you in court. Um, they, they judge you in the court and banish you to the phantom zone. And guess what? You didn't even know you was on trial. You never showed up for court. Defending yourself saying, hey, I'm a cult. Like when they call you cult, call them out on it. Say, you, call me a cult. Come here. Tell me, why am I a cult? Did you catch it? When they say that, don't walk away. You, call me a warlock. Come here. Why am I a warlock? Why? Tell me. Tell me why. Uh, uh. Uh, you got to call him out on it. Defend yourself. Acts chapter 23. Paul defended himself. All right. Last one, and then we're done, is this. Lack of open brokenness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Somebody read in the chat room. Number 6 is lack of open brokenness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. The apostle Paul said, and we're done for today. He said this. He said, I was with you in fear, trembling, in persecution, and in weakness, and in brokenness. I was with you. I was with you, and when I was with you, I was transparent, just like you. Now, what does that mean? Very simple. Watch this. Sometimes, we're so worried about our reputation that when we go to worship, and that we are invited to a place. We're so on guard that we forget to enjoy the service. And watch this. Watch this. What do I mean by open brokenness? It's hard to condemn you as a warlock and a cult leader. If when you showed up to the event. You went up for the altar call to cry out to God. And you're worshiping. Worship. Let me tell you something. 
When they call someone a cult leader and then they show up to the service and they see that cult leader on the floor, prostrate, worshiping, God begins to deal with their heart. God begins to deal with people's heart and say, oh, so-and-so is really, when they see you crying, Jesus, I love you. God, I worship you, Lord Jesus. And you're either the guest preacher or part of the event or at the event and you're doing it from the heart. Just because you love the Lord, when they see that, when they see your open brokenness, they begin to question themselves and say, man, they go from cult leader to maybe he's just in error. When the people see, you're not doing it for the people, you're doing it because you love the Lord. But I know how it is to so go to an event and you're a person of influence and it's hard to worship because you're that lady, you're that guy. But when you jump into worship and you do what Paul said, I was with you in fears and in trembling. And when the glory showed up in the church, let me give you an example. Watch this. Let me show you what I do. When I'm in the crowd and there's another preacher preaching, when they do an altar call, guess who the first one up there? I, I, well, I don't say that. I give them that look like, I'll be like, come on, man. Go ahead and lay hands on me. I need a touch. Like, when people are worshiping, I jump in. I jump in. I'll be like, Roko Shekhavrabasai. I get on my knees right there, and I'm praying, I'm worshiping, and I'm getting it in. And guess what God is doing? He is revealing your heart to the people. And they go from saying, cult leader, to, but if you come in with your mafia-looking self, even though you're not mafia, but it looks like that. That's why, watch this, I, I can't do the 50 armor bearer thing. I, I can't do it. You know, that's why I take my son with me. My youngest son is my armor bearer and my wife is my armor bearer. And I'm her. I can't do the 50 people. Why am I doing that? Very simple. Openness of my brokenness. Openness of my brokenness. And let me tell you something. Like 25% of it is for the sake of eye candy. It's for the sake of eye candy. It's so that they can see it. So they can see like, hey, I'm not that guy. That's just videos on Facebook. Not really like that in real life. Did you catch what I just said? So the lack of people, but when you come in and you are a mysterious figure, you know, you coming into the service like Enoch, like Melchizedek. You know, you just came to the service like Melchizedek. You floated in. And you're just standing there like Melchizedek. And they see you there like Melchizedek. And you can't. Jesus, I love you. Father, I worship. I praise you. But guess what? They will say, yep, definitely a cult leader. Even though you're not. The, 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 the false narrative begins to change. And then people go home and say, man, I really thought that person was an error and a cult. But I got to meet them today. Father, forgive me for calling your servant a cult leader, Lord. I'm sorry. And sometimes people will tell you themselves. Say, so-and-so, man, I'm glad I had this conversation with you. I'm glad I got a chance to meet you. Forgive me. And you're like, for what? Because I didn't like you when I first saw your stuff. You know, but I got a chance to meet you. And you know what? You all right, man. Like, that is the reason why. Amen. Amen. So follow these 
six things and you will uh, you will begin to see the narrative change and they will go from calling you bougie you know uh, want to dominate you know mafia kiss the ring man of God to you know what that's not arrogance I've come to terms with that that's confidence and amen. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.